Hey everyone, thanks for coming back to the Preacher Chick Podcast. I am the Preacher Chick Stacy, and we are reading the Bible together every day this year. Today is day 105. Today is also Good Friday. Today we'll be reading 2 Kings 15 through 17 as well as Psalm 105, and then we'll talk about Good Friday. So let's go. In the 27th year of Israel's King Jeroboam, Azariah, son of Amaziah, became king of Judah. He was 16 years old when he became king, and he reigned 52 years in Jerusalem. His mother's name was was Jechaliah. She was from Jerusalem. Azariah did what was right in the Lord's sight, just as his father Amaziah had done. Yet the high places were not taken away, and the people continued sacrificing and burning incense on the high places. The Lord afflicted the king, and he had a serious skin disease until the day of his death. He lived in quarantine while Jotham, the king's son, was over the household governing the people of the land. The rest of the events of Azariah's reign, along with all his accomplishments, are written in the historical record of Judah's kings. Azariah rested with his fathers and was buried with his fathers in the city of David. His son, Jotham, became king in his place. In the 38th year of Judah's king, Azariah, Zechariah, son of Jeroboam, reigned over Israel and Samaria for six months. He did what was evil in the Lord's sight, as his fathers had done. He did not turn away from the sins Jeroboam, sons of, son of Nebat, had caused Israel to commit. Shalom, son of Jabesh, conspired against Zechariah. He struck him down publicly, killed him, and became king in his place. As for the rest of the servants of Zechariah's reign, they are written in the historical record of Israel's kings. The word of the Lord that he spoke to Jehu was four generations of your sons will sit on the throne of Israel, and it was so. In the 39th year of Judah's king Uzziah, Shalom, son of Jabesh, became king. He reigned in Samaria a full month. Then Menahem, son of Gadi, came up from Terza to Samaria and struck down Shalom, son of Jabesh, there. He killed him and became king in his place. As for the rest of the events of Shalom's reign, along with the conspiracy that he formed, they are written in the historical record of Israel's kings. At that time, starting from Terza, Menahem attacked Tipsa, who all who were in it and its territory because they wouldn't surrender. He ripped open all the pregnant women. Oh my gosh. Okay. I know I often say that the Bible is not boring. Number one, because it's not. But number two, like... I mean, it's really not boring, but this, like, Lord have mercy. Lord have mercy. In the 39th year of Judah's king Azariah, Menahem, son of Gadi, became king over Israel, and he reigned 10 years in Samaria. He did what was evil in the Lord's sight throughout his reign. He did not turn away from the sins uh, Jeroboam, son of Nebat, had caused Israel to commit. King Pul of Assyria invaded the land, and so Menahem, Menahem gave Pul 75,000 pounds of silver so that Pul would support him to strengthen his grasp on the kingdom. Then Menahem exacted 20 ounces of silver from each of the prominent men of Israel to give to the king of Assyria. So the king of Assyria withdrew and did not stay there in the land. The rest of the events of Menahem's reign, along with all his accomplishments, are written in the historical record of Israel's kings. Menahem rested with his fathers, and his son Pekahiah became king in his place. In the 50th year of Judah's king Azariah, Pekahiah, son of Menahem, became king over Israel and Samaria, and he reigned two years. He did what was evil in the Lord's sight and did not turn away from the sins of Jeroboam, son of Nebat, had caused Israel to commit. 
Then his officer Pekah, son of Remaliah, conspired against him and struck him down in Samaria at the citadel of the king's palace with Argob and Aria. There were 50 Gileadite men with Pekah. He killed Pekahiah and became king in his place. As for the rest of the events of Pekahiah's reign, along with all his accomplishments, they are written in the historical record of Israel's kings. In the 52nd year of Judah's king Azariah, Pekah, son of Remaliah, became king over Israel in Samaria, and he reigned 21, or 20 years. He did what was evil in the Lord's sight. He did not turn away from the sins of Jeroboam, son of Nebat, had caused Israel to commit. In the days of Pekah of Israel, King Tiglath-Pileser of Assyria came and captured Aijon, Abel-Bethmaicah, Genoa, Kadesh, Hazor, Gilead, and Galilee, all the land of Naphtali, and deported the people of Assyria. Little known fact, my parents used to tease me and tell me that they were going to name me, if I had been a boy, Asherbinable Tiglath-Pileser. So, there you go. Then Hosea, son of Elah, organized a conspiracy against Pekah, son of Remaliah. He attacked him, killed him, and became king in his place in the 20th year of Jotham, son of Uzziah. As for the rest of the events of Pekah's reign, along with all the accomplishments, they are written in the historical record of Israel's kings. In the second year of Israel's king Pekah, son of Remaliah, Jotham, son of Uzziah, became king of Judah. He was 25 years old when he became king, and he reigned 16 years in Jerusalem. His mother's name was Jerusha, daughter of Zadok, he did what was right in the Lord's sight, just as his father Uzziah had done. Yet the high places were not taken away. The people continued sacrificing and burning incense on the high places. Jotham built the upper gate of the Lord's temple, and the rest of the events of Jotham's reign, along with all his accomplishments, are written in the historical record of Judah's kings. In those days, the Lord began sending Aram's king Rezin and Pekah son of Remaliah against Judah. Jotham rested with his fathers and was buried with his fathers in the city of his ancestor David. His son Ahaz became king in his place. In the seventeenth year of Pekah, son of Remaliah, Ahaz, son of Jotham, became king of Judah. Ahaz was twenty years old when he became king, and he reigned sixteen years in Jerusalem. He did not do what was right in the sight of the Lord his God, like his ancestor David, but walked in the ways of the kings of Israel. He even sacrificed his son in the fire. Lord have mercy. Imitating the detestable practices of the nations the Lord had dispossessed before Israelites, before the Israelites. He sacrificed and burned incense on the high places, on the hills, and under every green tree. Then Aram's king Rezin and king, Israel's king Pekah, son of Remaliah, came to wage war against Jerusalem. They besieged Ahaz, were not able to conquer him. At that time, Aram's king Rezin recovered Elath for Aram and expelled the Judahites from Elath. Then the Arameans came to Elah, Elath, and they still live there today. So Ahaz sent messengers to King Tiglath-Pileser of Assyria, saying, I am your servant and your son. Match up and get, save me from the grasp of the king of Aram and of the king of Israel, who are rising up against me. Ahaz also took the silver and gold found in the Lord's temple and in the treasuries of the king's palace and sent them to the king of Assyria as a bribe. So the king of Assyria listened to him and marched up to Damascus and captured it. He deported its people to Kerr, but put Rezin to death. King Ahaz went to Damascus to meet Tiglath, King Tiglath-Pileser of Assyria. When he saw the altar that was in Damascus, King Ahaz sent a model of the altar and complete plans for its construction to the priest Uriah. Uriah built the altar according to all the instructions King Ahaz sent from Damascus. 
Therefore, by the time King Ahaz came back from Damascus, the priest Uriah had completed it. When the king came back from Damascus, he saw the altar. Then he approached the altar and ascended it. He offered his burnt offering and his grain offering, poured out his drink offering, and splattered the blood of his fellowship offering on the altar. He took the bronze altar that was before the Lord in front of the temple between the, his altar and the Lord's temple and put it on the north side of his altar. Then King Ahaz commanded the priest Uriah, offer on the great altar the morning burnt offering, the evening grain offering, and the king's burnt offering, and his grain offering. Also offer the burnt offering of all the people of the land, their grain offering, and their drink offerings. Splatter on the altar all the blood of the burnt offering and all the blood of the sacrifice. The bronze altar will be for me to seek guidance. The priest Uriah did everything King Ahaz commanded. Then King Ahaz cut off the frames of the water carts and removed the bronze basin from each of them. He took the basin from the bronze oxen that were under it and put it on a stone pavement. To satisfy the king of Assyria, he removed from the Lord's temple the Sabbath canopy they had built in the palace, and he closed the outer entrance for the king. The rest of the events of King Ahaz's reign, along with his accomplishments, are written in the historical record of Judah's kings. Ahaz rested with his fathers and was buried with his fathers in the city of David, and his son Hezekiah became king in his place. In the twelfth year of Judah's king Ahaz, Hosea, son of Elah, became king over Israel in Samaria, in Samaria, and he reigned nine years. He did what was evil in the Lord's sight, but not like the kings of Israel who preceded him. King Shalmaneser of Assyria attacked him, and Hosea became his vassal and paid him tribute. But the king of Assyria caught Hosea in a conspiracy. He had sent envoys so, to So, king of Egypt, and had not paid tribute to the king of Assyria as in previous years. Therefore, the king of Assyria arrested him and put him in prison. The king of Assyria invaded the whole land, marched up to Samaria, and besieged it for three years. In the ninth year of Hosea, the king of Assyria captured Samaria. He deported the Israelites to Assyria and settled them in Hala, along the Habor, Gozan's River, and in the cities of the Medes. The disaster happened because the people of Israel sinned against the Lord their God, who had brought them out of the land of Egypt from the power of Pharaoh, king of Egypt, and because they worshipped other gods. They lived according to the customs of the nations that the Lord had dispossessed before the Israelites and according to what the kings of Israel did. The Israelites secretly did things against the Lord their God that were not right. They built high places in all their towns from watchtower to fortified city. They set up for themselves sacred pillars and Asherah poles on every high hill and under every green tree. They burned incense there on all the high places, just like the nations that had driven, that the Lord had driven out before them had done. They did evil things, angering the Lord. They served idols, although the Lord had told them, you must not do this. Still, the Lord warned Israel and Judah through every prophet and every seer, saying, Turn from your evil ways and keep my commands and statutes according to the whole law I commanded your ancestors and sent you through my servants, the prophets. But they would not listen. Instead, they became obstinate like their ancestors who did not believe the Lord their God. They rejected his statutes and his covenant and he, and he had made with their ancestors and the warnings he had given them. They followed worthless idols and became worthless themselves following the surrounding nations that the Lord had commanded them not to imitate. They abandoned all the commands of the Lord their God. They made cast images for themselves, two calves and an Asherah pole. They bowed in worship to all the stars in the sky and served Baal. They sacrificed their sons and daughters in the fire and practiced divination and interpreted omens. 
They devoted themselves to do what was evil in the Lord's sight and angered him. Therefore, the Lord was very angry, and he removed from the presence. He removed them from the presence. Only the tribe of Judah remained. Even Judah did not keep the commands of the Lord, their God, but lived according to the customs Israel had practiced, so that the Lord rejected all the descendants of Israel, punished them, and handed them over to plunderers until he had banished them from his presence. When the Lord tore Israel from the house of David, Israel made Jeroboam son of Nebat king. Then Jeroboam led Israel away from following the Lord and caused them to commit immense sin. The Israelites persisted in all the sins that Jeroboam committed and did not turn away from them. Finally, the Lord removed Israel from his presence, just as he had declared through all his servants, the prophets. So Israel has been exiled to Assyria from their homeland to this very day. Then the king of Assyria brought people from Babylon, Kutha, Ava, Hamath, and Sepharavim, and settled them in the place of the Israelites in the cities of Samaria. The settlers took position, took possession of Samaria and lived in its cities. When they first lived there, they did not fear the Lord. So the Lord sent lions among them, which killed some of them. The settlers said to the king of Assyria, The nations that you have deported and placed in the cities of Samaria do not know the requirements of the God of the land. Therefore, he sent lions among them that are killing them because the people don't know the requirements of the God or the land. Then the king of Assyria issued a command. Send back one of the priests you deported. Have him go and live there so he can teach them the requirements of the God of the land. So one of the priests had, they had deported came and lived in Bethel, and he began to teach them how they should fear the Lord. But the people of each nation were still making their own gods in the cities where they lived and putting them in the shrines of the high places that the people of Samaria had made. The men of Babylon made Succoth Benoth, the men of Kuth made Nergal, the men of, that sounds like a puppet from Muppets or Fraggle Rock or something. The men of Kuth made Nurgle. Mm -hmm. The men of Hamath made Ashima. The Avites made Nebaz and Tartak. And the Sephirvites burned their children in the fire to Adramelech and Anamelech, the gods of Sephirvaim. Good Lord Almighty. They feared the Lord, but they also made from their ranks high priests for the high places who were working for them at the shrines of the high places. They feared the Lord, but they also worshiped their gods according to the practice of the nations from which they had been deported. They are still observing the former practices to this day. None of them fear the Lord or observe the statutes and ordinances, the law and commandments that the Lord had commanded the descendants of Jacob, whom he had given the name Israel. The Lord made a covenant with Jacob's descendants and commanded them, do not fear other gods, do not bow and worship to them, do not serve them, do not sacrifice to them. Instead, fear the Lord who brought you up from the land of Egypt with great power and an outstretched arm. You are to bow down to him and you are to sacrifice to him. You are to be careful, you are to, you are to be careful always to observe the statutes and ordinances, the law and the commandments he wrote for you. Do not fear other gods, do not forget the covenant that I have made with you. Do not fear other gods, but fear the Lord your God, and he will rescue you from all your enemies. However, these nations would not listen, but continued observing their former practices. They feared the Lord, but also served their idols. Still today, their children and grandchildren continue doing as their fathers did. Psalm 105. Give thanks to the Lord, call on his name, proclaim his deeds among the peoples. 
Sing to him, sing praise to him, tell about all his wondrous works. Honor his holy name, let the hearts of those who seek the Lord rejoice. Seek the Lord in his strength, seek his face always. Remember the wondrous works he has done, his wonders and the judgments he has pronounced. You offspring of Abraham, his servant, Jacob's descendants, his chosen ones. He is the Lord our God, his judgments govern the whole earth. He remembers his covenant forever, the promise he ordained for a thousand generations. The covenant he made with Abraham swore to Isaac and confirmed to Jacob as a decree and to Israel as a permanent covenant. I will give the land of Canaan to you as your inherited portion. When they were few in number, very few indeed, and resident aliens in Canaan, wandering from nation to nation and from one kingdom to another, he allowed no one to oppress them. He rebuked kings on their behalf. Do not touch my anointed ones or harm, or harm my prophets. He called down famine against the land and destroyed the entire food supply. He had sent a man ahead of them, Joseph, who was sold as a slave. They hurt his feet with shackles. His neck was put in an iron collar until the time his prediction came true. The word of the Lord tested him. The king sent for him and released him. The ruler of people set him free. He made him master of his household, ruler over all his possessions, binding his officials at will and instructing his elders. Then Israel went to Egypt. Egypt, Jacob lived as an alien in the land of Ham. The Lord made his people very fruitful. He made them more numerous than their foes, whose hearts he turned to hate his people and to deal deceptively with his servants. He sent Moses his servant and Aaron, whom he had chosen. They performed the miraculous signs among them and wonders in the land of Ham. He sent darkness and it became dark, for did they not defy his commands? He turned their water into blood and caused their fish to die. Their land was overrun with frogs, even in their royal chambers. He spoke and insects came, gnats throughout their country. He gave them hail for rain and lightning throughout their land. He struck their vines and fig trees and shattered the trees of their territory. He spoke and locusts came, young locusts without number. They devoured all the vegetation in their land and consumed the produce of their land. He struck all the firstborn in their land, all the first, all their first progeny. Then he brought Israel out with silver and gold, and no one among his tribes stumbled. Egypt was glad when they left, for, they dread, for the dread of Israel had fallen on them. He spread a cloud as a covering and gave a fire to light up the night. They asked, and when he brought, they asked, and he brought quail and satisfied them with bread from heaven. He opened a rock and water gushed out. It flowed like a stream in the desert, for he remembered his holy promise to Abraham, his servant. He brought his people out with rejoicing, his chosen ones with shouts of joy. He gave them the lands of the nations, and they inherited what other peoples had worked for. All this happened so that they might keep his statutes and obey his instructions. Hallelujah. And it kind of makes me think of the song, I think I've talked about it before, um, the new one from Brooke Ledgerwood. Um, There's honey in the rock, water in the stone, manna on the ground, no matter where I go. I don't need to worry now that I know everything I need you got. There's honey in the rock. That's what it made me think of. It's Good Friday, and I think if you'll just let me, I'm I'm just gonna read. I'm just gonna read from Mark and some of the prophets from Isaiah. As soon as it was morning, having held a meeting with the elders, scribes, and the whole Sanhedrin, 
The chief priest tied Jesus up, led him away, and handed him over to Pilate. So Pilate asked him, Are you the king of the Jews? He answered him, You say so. And the chief priest accused him of many things. Pilate questioned him again, Aren't you going to answer? Look how many things they are accusing you of. But Jesus still did not answer, and so Pilate was amazed. At the festival, Pilate used to release for the people a prisoner whom they requested. There was one named Barabbas, who was in prison with rebels, who had committed murder during the rebellion. The crowd came up and began to ask Pilate to do for them as was his custom. Pilate answered them, Do you want me to release the king of the Jews for you? For he knew it was because of envy that the chief priest had handed him over. But the chief priest stirred up the crowd so that he would release Barabbas to them instead. Pilate asked them again, Then what do you want me to do with the one you call the king of the Jews? Again they shouted, Crucify him! Pilate said to them, Why? What has he done wrong? But they shouted all the more, Crucify him! Wanting to satisfy the crowd, Pilate released Barabbas to them, and after having Jesus flogged, he handed him over to be crucified. The soldiers led him away into the, pal- into the palace, that is the governor's residence, and called the whole company together. They dressed him in a purple robe, twisted together a crown of thorns, and put it on him. And they began to salute him. Hail, King of the Jews! They were hitting him on the head with a stick and spitting on him. Getting down on their knees, they were paying homage. After they had mocked him, they stripped him of the purple robe and put his clothes back on him. They led him out to crucify him. They forced a man coming in from the country who was passing by to carry Jesus' cross. His, he was Simon of Cyrene, the father of Alexander and Rufus. They brought Jesus to the place called Golgotha, which means place of the skull. They tried to give him wine mixed with myrrh, but he did not take it. Then they crucified him and divided his clothes, casting lots for them to decide what each would get. Now it was nine in the morning when they crucified him. The inscription of the charge written against him was the king of the Jews. They crucified two criminals with him, one on his right and one on his left. Those who passed by were yelling insults at him, shaking their heads and saying, Ha! The one who would destroy the temple and rebuild it in three days, save yourself by coming down from the cross. I, I'm going to pause, and I wasn't going to do this, but I think it's so important for us to understand that so often when we think of this moment, we think of Jesus being high above the ground on a cross. And researchers have shown that, okay, Jesus wasn't the first human to be crucified. This was a common form of punishment. But the crosses were actually just on the ground, not high above. And so to many people walking by when they were shouting, spitting, mocking him, they would have been right in his face. In the same way, the chief priests with the scribes were mocking him among themselves and saying, He saved others, but he can't save himself. Let the Messiah, the King of Israel, come down from the cross so that we may see and believe. Even those who were crucified with him taunted him. When it was noon, are you understanding that it started at nine? Three hours. When it was noon, darkness came over the whole land until three in the afternoon. At three, Jesus cried out with a loud voice, Eloi, Eloi, lama sabachthani, which is translated, My God, my God, 
Why have you abandoned me? When some of those standing there heard this, they said, See, he's calling for Elijah. Someone ran and filled a sponge with sour wine, fixed it on a stick, offered him a drink, and said, Let's see if Elijah comes to take him down. Jesus let out a loud cry and breathed his last. Then the curtain of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom. And when the centurion who was standing opposite him saw the way he breathed his last, he said, Truly this man was the Son of God. There were also women watching from a distance. Among them were Mary Magdalene, Mary the mother of James the younger, and of Joseph and Salome. In Galilee, these women followed him and took care of him. Many other women had come up with him to Jerusalem. When it was already evening, because it was the day of preparation, that is, the day before the Sabbath, Joseph of Arimathea, a prominent member of the Sanhedrin, who was himself looking forward to the kingdom of God, came boldly, went to Pilate, and asked for Jesus' body. Pilate was surprised that he was already dead. Summoning the centurion, he asked him whether he had already died, and when he found out from the centurion, he gave the corpse to Joseph. After he bought some linen cloth, Joseph took him down and wrapped him in the linen. Then he laid him in a tomb cut out of the rock and rolled a stone against the entrance to the tomb. Mary Magdalene and Mary the mother of Jesus, or of Joseph, were watching where he was laid. Going just a little bit deeper here, looking at Isaiah chapter 52. In the subtitle of this section of scripture in the CSB says, The Suffering Servant and Exaltation. See, my servant will be successful. He will be raised and lifted up and greatly exalted. Just as many were appalled at you, his appearance was so disfigured that he did not look like a man, and his form did not resemble a human being. So he will sprinkle many nations. Kings will shut their mouths because of him, for they will see what he had, what had not been told them, and they will understand what they had not heard. And Isaiah 53, 1-7 Who has believed what we have heard, and to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? He grew up before him like a young plant and like a root out of dry ground. He didn't have an impressive form or majesty that we should look at him, no appearance that we should desire him. He was despised and rejected by men, a man of suffering who knew what sickness was. He was like someone people turned away from. He was despised, and we didn't value him. Yet he himself bore our sicknesses, and he carried our pains. But we in turn regarded him stricken, struck down by God, and afflicted. But he was pierced because of our rebellion, crushed because of our iniquities. Punishment for our peace was on him, and we are healed by his wounds. We all went astray like sheep. We, have, we all have turned to our own way, and the Lord has punished him for the iniquity of us all. He was oppressed and afflicted, yet he did not open his mouth. Like a lamb led to the slaughter, and like a sheep silent before her shearers, he did not open his mouth. you got to remember that when Jesus was on trial, this horrible trial that was completely not okay, um, most of the time he just stood there. He didn't defend himself. He didn't argue. He just stood there, and he took it. Um, I pray that at some point today, you're able to 
have some quiet moments to think about the sacrifice of Jesus, to think about how much the God of all creation loves you, that he would send his son to die a criminal's death, although he had committed no crime, because he knew that there would never be a way for you and I to pay the penalty of our own sin. And so he paid it for us. Why is Good Friday called Good Friday when Jesus so tragically was murdered? Because it's the best good. He's the ultimate good. And it's his goodness that leads us to repentance, that brings us to our Father. Come back tomorrow. See you then.